Sequoia's official podcast, where we kick ash. Good morning, Sequoia Middle School. I am Shivdev Ganya, and this is the and this is KA19 Sequoia's official podcast. I will be your host for today's podcast. Today we will be discussing least restrictive environment and inclusion. It sounds complicated, but our guests today will help you learn about it. They are from C- CVUSD, and they are Mrs. Lisa Miller, who's the Assistant Superintendent of Student Support Services, and Mrs. Erica Johnson, who is the Director of Special Education, uh, and they will help shed some light on this important topic. Welcome. How are you? Good. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Uh, before we get started, could both of you introduce yourselves and let our audience know what your roles are within the school district and how you help students and teachers alike? Yes, um, my name is Erica Johnson. I'm the Director of Special Education. Um, and my role as a Special Education Director is under the direction of our um, Student Support Services Assistant Superintendent, Lisa Miller, is to really just help guide um, school sites, um, the services, um, and programs of special education, as well as to support teachers and making sh- ensuring that all the services that we're providing fall under the state and federal regulations um, that we're required to follow as well. And um, this is Lisa Miller, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Superintendent of Student Support Services with Conejo Valley. Um, and my job, actually, I, I love it. I get to do a lot of wonderful things. First and foremost is a focus on supporting the whole student. Uh, as they come through our school system, including special education, uh, mental health, wellness, attendance, um, and quite a few other um, areas of responsibility. I think at the core, though, of my work in our department is trying to ensure that all children have access to education and can be successful in their education. Those jobs sound very interesting. Let's start off with some basic information and clarification uh, of the ideas of least restrictive environment, also referred to as LRE. This idea is part of the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, also known as IDEA, I-D-E-A. The, individual, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act says that children who receive special education services should learn in the least restrictive environment possible meaning that they should spend as much time as possible with peers who do not receive special education services. Uh, Ms. Miller or Mrs. Johnson, would you say that this is an accurate definition of LOE, or is there more more to it? Uh, um, I think this is is a really solid definition of LRE. Um, You know, historically, before the mid-1970s, children with special needs were actually not permitted to come to any schools. Um, In fact, parents could be told you have to keep your child at home because we could not educate them. Um, So it's actually not that long ago that our country recognized we should be embracing all learners and have them in our schools. And and this particular component of the law, the LRE, is in there to protect children with special needs to ensure that they are being given uh, the opportunity to have their learning occur in a setting where they have access to children that don't have disabling conditions. Uh, so it is uh, really a central tenant, I think, of IDEA, and, and how you captured it here is great. The idea of LOE seems to be pretty straightforward, 
and making sure that kids who receive special education services are included in the normal school life and in the general, in the general education classroom as much as possible. When researching LRE, uh, I noticed that certain words like mainstreaming and inclusion showed up a lot in different papers and such like that. And are they different? Are they like the same? And what do they what do they do in terms of meeting the LRE requirements? So, um, with the word inclusion and mainstreaming, you know, I think many they are often used interchangeably. But really, the main word that we want to really hone on is inclusion. Inclusion really is that belief of really believing that all students can learn within the same environment. Um, and so, yes, there are people who use the word mainstreaming, and sometimes that word is used when you have students that are receiving a larger amount of special education services within an environment and are stepping out of that environment um, with students, non-disabled peers. And so that's that term is usually used as mainstreaming, but really inclusion is the belief of it and how we how we then or then we allow for students to receive every you know the instruction and everything within that belief of in a whole system is really what i think inclusion is what it means yeah i think i would add to that um, when we're talking about least restrictive environment, that does mean something different for every child. Um, so I don't want it to come across as though that's a that's a program. Um, and inclusion is a philosophical belief about all of our children can be included in the same setting um, to the maximum extent possible. And and like Miss Johnson said, it is about um, really the belief systems. It's a philosophy and it guides how we make decisions in a school setting. Uh, mainstreaming to me, uh, you know, it, it is, it's a term that's been used when we have children with special needs accessing the general ed setting. And um, it's funny because I, I don't know how I feel about this term because the starting environment for all children with or without a disability is general ed. So that's their default starting point. So when we talk about our kids with special needs being in general ed, I'm not sure why we need a term like mainstreaming for that to happen. Okay. Uh, it seems quite unlikely that there's one right or specific environment for all kids needing services. And I'm quite sure that our schools and other different types of services for students uh, have different um, different. Uh, ideas of it in different ways they implement it in their services. And it's our understanding that CVUSD has become an inclusion initiative. How does our district define inclusion and what, what's our district's uh, philosophy or policy on inclusion? How do they implement it into uh, students' daily lives? Under, I think, our um, superintendent's leadership along with support from the school board and and engaging with our parents and community, we recognized, um, you know, maybe a year or two ago that we we had a lot of room for growth here on um, being an inclusive school district. And over the last maybe 18 months or so, I think our district has really um, taken this head on and worked closely with our school site administrators, with our school board, um, with our special educators, um, and I hope, you know, with our general education staff as well, to become more inclusive. 
um, on each of our campuses. That certainly is an expectation coming out of um, my department and, and I think my colleagues, uh, you know, instructional services as well, that each site really does embrace all learners and there's different ways that each site's are doing that. Um, some have explicit activities or discussions that occur during the day or during the week or during the month. Um, and in other ways, it's really just the soft nuances of when a family comes to a school site and the parent starts talking you know, to people that are in the front office, um, do we communicate with that parent in a way that tells them, we are so excited to have your child here and your child belongs here, um, and we can't wait to work with you and with your child to have them educated in their neighborhood school. Whereas before, um, you know, we, we may not have thought that every child could be educated in their neighborhood school. So there's a lot of, I think, effort being done here. It's hard for me to articulate all of them at all the school sites, but I, I certainly do appreciate the leadership at the school sites um, towards helping us become more inclusive. That's very informative. Uh, what types of what types of training will be given to staff members, teachers, your duties, office members, perhaps that make sure the needs of the special education students are being met and that they're, they're being fulfilled? Um, that's a great question, and um, you know, I think it it's it's so important for us to talk about how we're supporting um, our general education staff along with our special education staff because they do work so closely. Um, we do recognize that being inclusive um, does require support and training to our staff. So one example is um, we are exploring introducing Universal Designs for Learning, uh, another acronym UDL, uh, which is a, an approach to instruction where um, we find different ways for students to access the content as well as different ways for students to demonstrate their understanding of the content. And so we are um, looking into providing that training to all of our teachers. I do know, you know, we have really excellent special education teachers and they have been working closely at their school sites with general ed teachers on how to have classrooms become more inclusive. Um, I know, you know, Madronia has um, some co-teaching that goes on and, and co-teaching is when a special ed teacher is teaching alongside a general ed teacher in a general ed classroom. Um, and I know that's happening at several campuses. I think Thousand Oaks High School has, has that happening. I, I know Maple has that, and I know other sites are exploring it. So between you know, looking at training for UDL as an instructional approach, as well as considering co-teaching, and then just, uh, I think, some support and training overall about the philosophy of inclusion, those are some things that we've taken action on. Since LRE is a federal law, are the compliances, uh, compliance issues that our district has to be concerned about, uh, are they really strict guidelines or are they more broad general areas? And if there are compliance issues, does our district have strategies currently in place to make sure they are meeting all the requirements? So um, it, is a, it is a federal requirement. Um, we do have what's called one of um, disproportionality um, reviews that we have. and. Um, unfortunately, our LRE is disproportionate, which means the major, a large portion of our students are um, are in are receiving special education services and not in the least restrictive environment. 
And so that is huge. It is something that our department is working towards. Um, actually, this year we will be working on a plan um, and really finding out where the kind of doing a root analysis and finding out why. Why are we, why are we not improving in that area? And so, as part of the plan that we will develop, we will um, work on specific strategies um, to improve. But some of the ways that we are improving now is just changing the belief system of inclusion um, and making sure that all of our sites and our, in, like Lisa mentioned, you know, our administrators, our site administrators have done an awesome job in really moving their staff and leading their staff in really changing the, that belief and trying new things and allowing more opportunities for our students to participate in all activities and not just specific activities. And so that win time will change our LRE data, um, but it is something that we continue to work on. And you know, for the secondary level, well, one of the strategies that we've been supporting sites on, and, and they've really um, done a great job with this, is looking at master scheduling. Uh, so ensuring that when we're planning out all the courses that are being taught per uh, period um, and ensure and looking at how many seats are in that classroom that we have seats in those general ed classrooms for students with special needs um, and that's part of the master scheduling um, and at the elementary level that's also something that we're looking at is is when we're looking at allocating staff and how we build the classes the rosters that we do ensure that there's opportunities for access there because we do want to support the teachers in having an appropriate class size so that they feel effective as an instructor so that's that's another one of the ways we're working towards meeting the requirement uh, does our district have a priority list of when and how they will make this uh, initiative a common practice on our scales and how does the district, um, re uh, not regulate, but gauge how effective these programs are towards the students who need special services? And how do they, uh, how do they basically measure how effective that the plan is? In terms of, you know, a priority list, I wouldn't say we have um, a, a list explicitly written. Instead, our focus is across all school sites and that we're, we're looking at our data regularly on what is the percentage of time students with special needs participate in the general ed setting. And we can pull that data regularly. We have an online um, IEP system that captures what that percentage is. Um, so we do look at that and communicate that with our site administrators. And that gives us some good information on if we're making progress and how much progress or if we're not you know, moving the needle at all or enough then how can we look at our master scheduling or our staffing and see where we can make improvements there? Um, so, you know, effectiveness to me also, though, is not just about the data point. It's also about how are our kids feeling with their access in the school setting and how is our parent population um, feeling about the supports that are at their school sites and the inclusion of their children and most certainly how are our teachers feeling are they feeling successful in this so while we can always pull a data point I think it's also important to recognize there's a qualitative level to this and engaging with all the stakeholders of um, do we feel like we're doing what's right for children and do we feel our children are being successful so instead of a to-do list or a checklist it's uh, it's a combination of looking at the data and seeing if it's acceptable and also um, 
talking to the, the teachers, the parents, and the students themselves to see if they feel it's effective. Yeah, definitely. We want we want input from all the stakeholders. Uh, you know, student learning is it's dynamic. It's you can't just put one statistic on it that tells us it's going well. Um, as I mentioned at the very beginning, you know, looking at the whole child. So we do we do want to hear, and we do hear from our parents and our teachers, and we're trying to engage more with our students to see how everybody um, is feeling about the success. Uh, before we wrap things up and end the podcast, where can parents, teachers, community members, students, and just basically where can anyone go on the district website to find more detailed information about LRE, IDEA, and other um, programs and uh, policies put in place? So we do have on our CBUSD website, there is a link to the special education department. Um, There's also other links, though, around board policies that spell out our legal obligations for supporting students with special needs. Um, In terms of our, you know, inclusive initiatives, we don't have something that I can point to you at right now, which, which is actually a good um, a good suggestion and something I'm going to go back and try to work on and, and have something that's available immediately um, on the website. Um, I do know some of the school sites on their own individual web pages have some information about how they've become inclusive. Um, but if parents and teachers and community members are wondering where can I go to get more information, I always welcome people reaching out to me, uh, whether that's a phone call or my email, and I know Ms. Johnson feels the same. Um, We are here to support and serve, so we welcome any inquiries and any contact. As our podcast comes to a close, is there anything else either of you would like to share with our listening audience about LLE or IDEO, just anything else you would want people to know? Yeah, I just want to make sure, and I know Lisa mentioned it earlier, but you know, we do definitely have success of inclusion out there and it's, you know, and we've grown so much in it and it's the activities, the um, instruction that's out there has been wonderful. Um, I just want to add to the little things that we this year that are one of our inclusion TOSAs and our APE inclusion um, specialist. Has Do you mind spell, um, sharing what TOSA stands for? Um, teacher on special assignment is an um, is a is one of our um staff members who's been working with sites to bring in what's called the Young um, Young Athletes Program. It is a program that is related to Special Olympics where we have three elementary school sites um, that are um, now have what's a unified um, PE time and what is what has been great is um, Special Olympics has donated money through grant um, to for the elementary sites to purchase equipment and so what they do together is the special ed teachers and general ed teachers um, work towards physical education standards and together they're doing a unified PE class Um, and then the other thing that they've worked on is creating a unified basketball league and so our our high school students will be um, participating in in the Unified Basketball League come March, and we'll have several um, games at each high school. And so that's just some of the success that we have, but we have a lot of things going on, but that's something that I did want to highlight today. And again, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. I do appreciate it. Um, and to build on what Ms. Johnson just shared, I think two additional things that are important for our listeners to know is one, last year we brought back the Special Education District Advisory Council. Uh, The acronym for that is CDAC. Uh, We recognized from a leadership level 
and from you know some parents that really organize themselves to come to us and say, hey, we want a voice. Uh, we feel like maybe we don't have uh, adequate communication with school district staff, and we we want an opportunity and a forum for that. And so at the end of last year, we, we brought back CDAC. Um, I'm so thankful for that because it is it is a group of dedicated parents that are wanting to support the school district and help us become successful as we try to improve the learning outcomes of our students with special needs. Uh, so there's CDAC. And then this year was the first year uh, the school board uh, adopted Inclusive Schools Week. And that was the first week of December 2018. And while we, won't, we don't want it to just be one week a year, that actually was, I think, um, an important accomplishment because it really did highlight that we as a district uh, see this as a solid purpose and we're, we're invested in making this a reality. Hi, my name is Dominic and I love the concept of including everybody in the classroom and I also have a question. What would be the case if someone with special needs is personally more comfortable in that learning environment? Would you give them the choice of being in a classroom for general ed or staying in special ed? Uh, hi, Dominic. Thank you so much for your question, uh, which is a good one, and I'm glad we're going to touch on this. Uh, least restrictive environment is something that is determined by the IEP team in mm -hmm. an IEP meeting. Um, so I want to make clear that our school district will always offer the full continuum of special education services. And for some students um, with engagement with their parents, the team might believe that the least restrictive learning environment for them is spending more time in a special education classroom where there's a smaller um, student to teacher ratio and maybe the instruction is delivered in a different manner than what would be happening in a general ed setting. So if the IEP team felt that the best learning environment for the child is in a special ed classroom, we offer that and we would support that. Um, I think if the student, though, we thought and felt could be successful more in a general ed setting, we would advocate for that and support that too. So it's, it's not an uh, all-or-nothing approach. It's, it's the full continuum. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jenny Lynn, and my mom's actually a paraprofessional at Madronia. So, but I was wondering, how do you ensure that parents are, you know, okay with, the, um, with their kids being in, like, general classes and stuff? Like, how do you ensure that they're really happy? Um, so how do we ensure that, um, are you asking about parents or students? Parents. Parents. So again, I think going back to um, Lisa's response is it's really part of that IEP team and it's in that discussion. And part of, so every student who has what we call an individualized education plan, an IEP, um, has what's called a case manager. And so part of that work of the case manager is to not only give be part of the team and give recommendations, but to also work with the student and talk to the student and make and get input from the student, so that when we come to an IEP team um, and the parent is involved and all the um, stakeholders are involved of the team or the required team members, um, we can discuss whether is this something that we think the student may need, or does should the student be more in general ed and why and why not, and we go through everything, and so really. It is a team decision at the end, um, but again, it's with input from everybody and also from student. Um, and 
we just want to express an appreciation to your mom. Uh, being a paraeducator is really hard work, um, and we are so thankful for our paraeducators. So um, please extend our appreciation to her. Um, you know, parent engagement is something we 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 recognize we need we have room for improvement just from you know our leadership team i i think our teachers and our case managers do an excellent job um, but if parents are dissatisfied or have any upset don't hesitate to reach out to us thank you well thank you both of you for coming here this is a very interesting topic and i'm glad i was the host because i learned i learned a good amount on this topic thank you for coming and uh that was okay 19 podcast for today hosted by me Sheriff of Ganya. Goodbye, and I hope you have a good day.